All right. I suppose we should, you know, get this started. What do you think? Yeah. Today's discussion is going to be a very, very invigorating one. We're going to be talking about my favorite types of prunes. Ooh. What is your favorite kind okay. of prunes? There are these ones that are a little bit bigger than like a good-sized macadamia nut. They're pretty wrinkled, but they, uh, they're they juicy with just enough firmness and texture on the outside that like you, when you bite in, it's like biting into an insect. You know what my favorite kind of prune is? What is your favorite kind of prune? The one I'm not eating. You don't like prunes? No, I'm not really a fan, man. I think prune juice is great cold and disgusting warm. I I don't really like raisins, though, either. It's I'm a very texture-based eater. Interesting. Yeah. I like, I don't sit down and eat raisins by themselves, but like what I re- like to do is eat them uh, like with trail mix, you know, with nuts and, uh, well, I guess mostly nuts. So, uh, hello everybody. Welcome. Yeah, to welcome the, to the, <laughs> to the 10th episode. 10. Is, is it really? Yeah. Shit, we can get syndicated now. <laughs> yeah, 10th episode of the fun and interactive podcast. And awesome. it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, as we covered last week, we got expansion yes. news and hype, and mm-hmm. there's all all sorts of stuff to talk about from this week. Yeah, there is. This is a good one. I mean, the cards we've seen revealed already have been really cool. Uh, the idea behind it, tying it into Elder Scrolls Online, like there's a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, so we're definitely going to talk about the cards that have already been revealed, yes. and we're going to maybe show one off ourselves but we got some other stuff that we got to do first so first and foremost we got to remind everybody that there is a gauntlet mode this week that we kind of knew was coming but we didn't know when and now it's official yeah this is the one that was hinted at through some data mining or something i don't i don't actually know what data mining is but i read it the phrase (laughs) (laughs) actually i think this one came up by accident when you logged into the game um, like oh, really? The announcement was in early, and then uh, oh. somebody took some screenshots. But yes, it's yeah, the... we're doing. Yeah, good. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the Heroes of Skyrim gauntlet that we talked That's about right. previously. Yeah, the all Heroes of Skyrim, the uh, the all uh, East Empire crafter skeleton skeletal dragon uh, gauntlet. <laughs> Yeah, I believe you did some testing with CVH, and it went exactly like we predicted, right? It did, it did. It went exactly like we predicted. I, being the contrarian, brought a bunch of stuff that wasn't Skeletal Dragon decks, and I lost to Skeletal Dragon decks. Wow, weird. I know. So, uh, yeah, we had the announcement uh, from the expansion. Uh, last week, we, we had teased some art from upcoming content. We now know that that art is alternate art. Uh, swims at night Um, but we also uh, have already seen some card reveals so we we teased art but uh, Beaky Mm -hmm. YouTuber, streamer uh, already showcased a card reveal yeah yeah it's an exciting one too and it's got something confusing on it Uh, it's a creature that says ongoing on it which is something we'll have to talk about a little bit more later yeah, I also noticed that, which I thought was interesting, and I must say, uh, and I say this about pretty much every card art I see, but the art was fantastic. Very detailed, very lively. Um, yeah, they're really stepping it up a notch. I mean, we saw that last week when we revealed the Swims at Night art, um, but like the fact that the next card that somebody got a preview was uh, just so beautiful is just, you know, continues to impress me with this game with the art. 
Yeah, one thing I do want to say about the swims at night art that we teased last week is now that we officially know that it is a card, I have high yeah. hopes for the premium version because with the rain and the potential lightning effect in the background on that, I think it could That's be true. gorgeous. That is definitely true. Um, and I'm excited to see Swims at Night too because I believe, like, I don't believe that they would give us a, uh, give us a Swims at Night promo unless we were going to get something to play with a Swims at Night deck. So that's always been a favorite card of mine. Swims at Night's appeared in a couple of my videos. <laughs> yeah. And uh, always played by Sandra, by the way, who uh, had a little had a hand in, in something we're going to show off here in a second. But um, yeah. I'm really excited to play some more Swims at Night. Yeah. And I'm excited to Soul Trap the non-premium version that I already have. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Me as well. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, we've got we got everybody who piled in. This is the uh, earliest that people have piled in for the broadcast, so we certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I feel like we should probably get on to the card reveal. However, um, mm -hmm. I've got to be a scum lord. Uh, we were talking no. about it on Twitter earlier. I don't know how many people know, but uh, yeah. we're we're officially selling out. Uh, we, yep. ha we have a sponsor now, and so before, mm -hmm. like, it was part of our deal before we do this exclusive Return to Clockwork City card reveal, uh, mm -hmm. we, we have a commercial that we have to play. We have ads. Um, these aren't yeah. your normal Twitch ones. This is specific to this broadcast, so... Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I hope you guys appreciate it, and we're going to play this, and then we're going to do uh, the reveal, so hang tight, guys. Yep. Hi, guys. Brenton Mage here, the meme specialist. Now, I know if, you've, if you're like me, you've spent a lot of time on the ladder lately, and you've been thinking to yourself, what am I going to do about that nasty Parthenax, that Parthenax that gets into everything? You, I mean, you're just out there, and there's the board, and into the field lane, Parthenax goes all over the board. You probably tried the traditional answers. I know I have. You say to yourself, I'm going to use some some uh, piercing javelin. That didn't even work. You couldn't even use it. So the next thing you try, you probably think to yourself, well, what about Edict of Azura? That's got to be a good answer to Parthenax. So you get some Edict of Azura down in there. And then you go to you go to clean things up. And you just get the mess everywhere. It just spreads everywhere. The Parthenax goes everywhere. You can't do anything about it. Soul Terror comes. Parthenax is back on the battlefield again. And he brings all those super annoying shots with him. Well, fortunately for you, there's a brand new answer. That answer is Banish. I highly recommend Banish. One spray of Banish onto the Parthenax, and you're gonna be able to get that thing right off the battlefield. You take your, uh, you take your creatures, you take your Banish, and then suddenly, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. There is no more Parthenax. Parthenax has been eliminated. Take, but don't take my word for it, even though I am the fantastic Breton Mage meme specialist. What you really need to do is try it out for yourself. Coming soon to a set near you, Banish. <laughs> oh, tired of soul tear? Stealer of secrets got you down? That's you right. Banish that discard pile. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> we'll show it off, gang. Boom. Memory Wraith. Awesome, man. We're talking about art. This art, this card looks amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this this art is like nightmare fuel. Absolutely. Um, but let's 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 talk about this card because it introduces a couple of different things that are really really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um sure. The first is uh 
<laughs> it's counterplay for Soul Tear. It's yeah, counterplay that's... for Stealer of Secrets OTK. Yeah, Skeletal Dragon. Yes, Skeletal Dragon as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a good stat line for the cost, 5-5 five, five for 5. Nothing, yeah. nothing to, uh, you know, nothing to be upset about. But I think, for me, the most exciting thing is that we see this Banish uh, yes. word, right? And right. the reason that Banish is exciting is because... Obviously, this is banishing our opponent's discard pile, and we can infer that this means removed from game. But I don't think... Now, we, this is entirely speculation, Justin, and I don't know. But I don't think this will right. be the only way that we see this card. So, I would imagine we might see I removal agree. with Banish that might potentially dodge Last Gasp, or certainly prevent things from going to the discard pile. Yeah, I agree. I'm, what's exciting about the Banish mechanic is by putting it in blue like this, and granted it's blue for the discard pile, but this is it's uh, expanding what each color can do. We're getting new information about what each color can do, and in, in this case we're learning that blue can eliminate cards in the discard pile. But it's hinting at me that when we get the inevitable Banish removal spell, it's going to uh, potentially be a Mage dual card, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I could see it being a uh, mage dual card. What's interesting to me is the fact that it is in Intelligence. So, mm -hmm. you obviously consider playing this in Control Mage if you're worried about the Scout matchup because you can hopefully stop a lot of the like late-game domination that Scout used to be known for. So, like the biggest problem right. was the Parthenax loop, and mages were already running things like Arrest and all mm -hmm. sorts of nonsense to deal with it, right? But this card gives you another out, but I also really like the idea of maybe running this in something like Assassin, because, Absolutely. you know, again, the 5-5 five, five for 5 is entirely a reasonable stat line. I agree. This is the kind of card which I think will, like, its, pop its popularity and prevalence will kind of ebb and flow, but I think that the minute the expansion drops, you put this into a mid-range or control blue running deck, and you're like, alright, if it's just a 5-5 five, five for 5, like, that's cool, my deck's packed with removal spells and card advantage options, like, I can take the hit on just playing a vanilla 5-5 five, five for 5, because at the point where I'm going to win the game, I'm going to win the game with any creature I have on the board. And then, the great part about it is, is that in a handful of matchups, it's going to, you know, win you the game. Yeah, so the other thing that is interesting, right, is that it is uh, something that's occurring on summon. So, you know, if somebody tries to repopulate, uh, besides just simply playing a second copy, there are things like Dark Rebirth or like, you know, Winterhold Illusionist, A Night to Remember, so that you can yep. kind of abuse that summon mechanic potentially as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just a really strong card. It's also our, uh, I, you know, one of the things that uh, Magic the Gathering does is put like uh, certain colors in the artwork for cards that it corresponds to that color, right? Like uh, green cards have a lot of forests and stuff like that in them. What I like about Memory Wraith is like the way that the blue frame highlights the red background. Like the, the two just look so wonderful with that contrast there. Like this is just a beautiful card and one I'm really excited to play with. You know... Part of me also wonders with some of the other cards that were introduced, um, mm -hmm. whether or not, you know, it's hard to speculate until you see everything, but whether or not, right. uh, you know, Mage is going to be one of the more popular classes. So, yeah. you know, clearly 
clearly, you know, we're, we've showcased this and we're going to keep talking about it, but we do want to talk about some of the other cards since the last yeah. podcast that were revealed. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and bring Justin and I back here. Absolutely. That new Smexneve background. And let's kind of talk about, you know, some of the other things that we've seen. Absolutely. I, I do want to add real quick to the... Uh to the design of this card specifically. Um, one of the things we have talked a lot about over the last 10 episodes, nine episodes previous to this, is whether or not, um, like how much how can you expand the card pool without diminishing the diversity of decks? And I think that this is an interesting approach to this, right? Like this is clearly a hate card, a hate card that stats are good enough that you can run it without feeling guilty in just about any deck that can run it. Um, but I like, you know, it's definitely an, an interesting way of forcing the meta to change without removing cards from the from the card pool um you know because this isn't just going to make certain deck archetypes worse what this is going to do is create a you know eliminate the popularity or lower the popularity of some decks raise up the power level of some other decks in response and then there will be a counter surge against that deck and so we're going to see a you know a, a cycle of uh, changes to the meta over the next couple months once this is released which i'm really excited to you know ride out yeah, I would agree. I love it when there are things like this that are tools um, that you can use for like an ebb and flow of the meta, right? Like if Soul Tear starts yeah. to fade out, then this card starts to not, you know, nearly be worth the slot. And then if it starts to right. come back, we also, we legitimately don't know what other cards we're going to see, right? We get right. over right. over 55 new cards coming our way. So there might be more Soul Tear-like cards. There might be more Banish options. Um, mm-hmm. There's... There's some interesting potential outcomes, but what I what I really like is that to me, this seeing this card in in many ways kind of um, validates the faith that I routinely put in Direwolf Digital. So one of the things that I I routinely say is like just give them time, just be patient. They're paying attention. They know what's going on. You know I trust right. them. They very rarely let me down. I'm not saying that I agree 100% with everything they've ever done, but um, yeah. I think that their track record is, uh, you know, better than worse. And so, yes. you know, for a long time, we've been hearing like soul tears oppressive and soul tears a problem. And, you know, it's already been nerfed once with the cost increase. And many people felt like that wasn't enough. And every time they see those posts, part of me wondered if they were like laughing on the inside, like, oh, just we just you guys wait. You know, we we know, you know, we know what's coming. Um, so it's it's interesting yeah. to me. I agree. And in, especially in a game where there's no sideboard, like Legends, you have to be so careful about how you stat your hate cards, right? Like, I mean, you see it time and time again in, uh, like, the... Uh, <laughs> I, I know Rag and Hearthstone all the time, but Hearthstone takes a real, like, jackhammer approach to balancing things. You know, and they recently introduced a card uh, not too long ago that eliminates all one-cost spells in a deck because they're having a problem with, a, you know, the power level of a deck that ran a lot of one-cost cards, or one in particular, right? Jade Druid. And, uh, like, it's just so inelegant, right? And so to see a card like this, I think, is really interesting and I think is a lot a lot more intelligently done than a lot of other things that I've seen other companies do. I think Direwolf has uh, really hit the money on, you know, with this card and with this design. Yeah, now, I will say that there is... You know, I'm, I'm paying attention to chat, and I'm seeing that there are, you know, some people saying that this might be too much. Uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Tear didn't necessarily need this strong of a counter. Yeah. But I guess 
for me, I would say, you know, there's there's two things with that. One, um, again, like Justin was saying, there's going to be potentially this, like, ebb and flow to the meta. But mm -hmm. also, just because the card exists doesn't necessarily mean that Soul Tear isn't an issue anymore, right? Right. The person has to draw the card and play it. And then there's also that greed factor, right? Like, how, right. how long do I wait until I play this card to deny a graveyard? Again, Scout is probably immediate. But when exactly. you think about... I mean, think about, like, those decks that have been trying to sneak in a copy of Journey to Savangard, for example. Right. You know, you might not want to play it too early because you might want to deny more. Um, you might want to not hold it too long because you don't want to give them the opportunity to play it. There's, there's this interesting, um, you know, cycle of, like, play and counterplay and, and in the form of baiting the card, right? Like, you might try to exactly. bait this card... And then have something dive into the graveyard to immediately soul tear it. Like, I kind of like where this has the potential to be a back and forth. I agree. And that's one of the things that I was alluding to when I was talking about the, the Hearthstone card that eliminates all one-cost spells from each deck when you play it. Like, this has counterplay. It, it you know, requires a certain amount of intuition as well as game knowledge. And uh, I think it's, you know, like all good cards, going to reward people for knowing the meta and knowing the opponent and uh, playing intelligently. Yeah, so another another blue card, right? So earlier I was saying, hey, you know, Mage might be really popular, right? So another blue yeah. card that I want to talk about is, is the legend that was revealed when we got our announcement. Yes. Uh, the, the Dark Elf Lady of Doom, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. I still don't know how to pronounce it, and I feel really bad, right? It's either yeah. Lanith or Lanith. I assume it's probably like Lanith, but... Um, See, I was gonna, I was gonna assume Laneth. Yeah. La well, I'll call it Laneth, and you call it Laneth, and I'll stay in my Laneth. Laneth. <laughs> La um, yeah. Yeah. So, if you guys are not familiar, or if you're listening to the audio uh, version of this in the future, mm -hmm. this card is a nine-cost unique legendary. It is a six-six, right. and it has a summon of search your deck for any card and put it into your hand. So it is a the first ever full blanket uh, tutor effect in yes. Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I've been thinking about a card like this for a while. Um, I'm pretty sure Legends runs on a similar engine to uh, Eternal, and Eternal has mechanics for stuff like this. So I, I have an idea what this might look like. And being able to just go through your entire deck, this is, again, another thing that, that next levels uh, Legends from its distinguished competition, like the ability to you know, introduce new elements to the UI constantly because they're there already. They're just not being used. And Laneth is great. Laneth is a godsend to everyone who's ever wanted to play some kind of crazy combo deck um, and, you know, was only able to run one copy of Unique Legendary. Doubling the number of Unique Legendaries you, you have in a deck, essentially, uh, is amazing. So one of the reasons that I'm really excited about this card is because of that ebb and flow of the meta, if you will. That you mm -hmm. were talking about earlier. This card is potentially the sort of thing that could, uh, like, be the focal point of a a mage control uh, like mm -hmm. arms race. So, right. you know, if if control mage, let's just say hypothetically, if control mage ends up being really popular after launch, the only yeah. way that you start giving yourself a greater chance to win in the mirror is to yeah. be greedier. It reminds me of right, right. after Fall of the Dark Brotherhood came out, Control right. Monk was really popular, and then it just got greedier and greedier and greedier because you kept seeing right. more and more Monk. Right. This card is good. It's probably going to go in Control Mage, 
but this card gets way better if you run things like Dark Rebirth, like A Night to Remember. Um, right. So <laughs> I kind of want to... I imagine that there's going to be this ebb and flow of people, you know, jamming in the flicker effects and then mm -hmm. those people being punished by aggressive decks and right. the, this kind of crazy cycle occurring. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, you know, it's it's sort of like, it reminds me of the, the feeling of a, the control mage mirror um, when you drew your uh, Mirac and your opponent did not. <laughs> right? Lameth adds an element of that to... Uh, a deeper element, I think, of that to a lot of different kinds of control mirrors. And I think the arms race, the uh, Cold War of uh, control deck greed that this could set off is really interesting as well. Yeah, I'm I'm just like you, I'm really curious to see what kind of combo pieces we get because yeah. it certainly screams combo. Um, Absolutely. You know, it could even really be kind of played in mid-range so if you think of like an assassin you know a tempo oriented assassin just like we have today i would play mm -hmm. this right alongside my tazcad to either fetch tazcad or fetch yeah. uh, an atromancer to play it next exactly. turn on curve yeah. and be entirely fine right like if you go in kano right. into this into atro that's a really strong way to you know finish mm -hmm. a game um, another another use for it I was thinking of is uh, I think Alter Mage is a deck that has a lot of great tools but not quite enough to compete with some other decks and I think that uh, and part of that is that while you have 10 drops, 11 drops and 12 drops you want to hit on that curve you have no good 9 drops, you have Nukreen <laughs> that's the only you know like thing you might want to pull out um, and I think putting Laneth in an Alter Mage deck is, is a really interesting idea as well so one of the things that I'm really curious about is whether or not the card you fetch will have that little like sub tag when you play it. Like when you play cards that create other cards, for example, you'll see this thing that's like, you know, created by revealing the unseen. Right. Part of me wonders oh, yeah. if that will apply to the card you fetch or not, because if it doesn't, there's an awful lot of fun mind games you can play by, you know, mm -hmm. if you've already got Merak in your hand. Right. Then you could just fetch something, you know, little um, yeah. or situational and then leave your opponent to kind of guess what you got, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, it's a it's a cool card. And, you know, just like we were saying in the last card, it's the sort of card that uh, is, has an obvious power level but rewards game knowledge and gameplay and is good for the game, I think. So, of the other cards that have been revealed so far, which yeah. ones kind of stand out to you, or you know, do you have a favorite? Um, it's a good question. Um, I'll be honest with you, uh, Kaguti Fabricant, the willpower four magicka three three that says summon. If you have a neutral card in play, summon a copy of the Fabricant in the other lane. I think is really really strong. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that in terms of raw power level, um, Golden Saint uh, is one of the most powerful cards in the game. It's just that, you know, slightly irritating, like, you have to have more life to trigger it kind of card, and uh, finding the right deck to put that in isn't always easy. Uh, but I think the Goody Fabricant costing two less and um, rewarding you for having stuff in play as opposed to a life total state, which you have less control over in, in a lot of cases, is really interesting. And I think this card is going to be really good. Um, and it's worth pointing out, like, you don't need a ton of neutral cards to make this happen either. So, I agree with you that you don't need a ton of uh, neutral cards. In fact, things like, 
you know, Mudcrab, Ankle Snapper, and Lurking Crocodile were already being played in some decks just because of the right. dearth of like quality two drops. Yeah, and that's that's not even counting what we might see in the future. Um, I want to talk about the Fabricant cousin that was revealed, and that was the Hulking Fabricant. Right. And I think that that could potentially have a home in something like mid-range Scout or Sorcerer, because hmm. you know if you don't have the trigger, a five-five for five isn't terrible. Exactly. And I'm just yet, saying that. If you do have the trigger, an eight-eight for five is like a must-answer card in yeah. those kinds of decks. I agree. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of many in a long line of uh, endurance cards that is much larger for its uh, cost than you get in the other colors. Um, I think it's really cool. And, and I I am super excited to play with these Fabricant cards. I know that we're only getting five of them, but like the power level of these two, I think, is just perfectly on point. I think that we, I honestly believe that you might be able to build a competitive, uh, a largely neutral deck Um if the other two, three fabricants are anywhere near this power level, because you're gonna have access to six, you know, two of them, total of six cards, assuming you're running a two-color deck, along with you know a smattering of other support cards, including you know potentially cards that interact with neutral cards from this expansion. Um, I'm I'm really jazzed for them. So, the next question about the fabricants in general, because they are commons. Do you think that they're going to, you know, be a problem in Arena by chance? Uh, certainly, they have the potential to be very, very powerful. I think in Arena, Kaguti Fabricant is going to take the edge over Hulking Fabricant. Um, just because tempo is uh, frequently more important. There are fewer comeback mechanics in Arena. Um, you know, you're going to have to value more highly your Lurking Crocodiles and your... Um, dragon fodder food guy <laughs> but i i think that it's potentially going to be useful i mean it here's the thing i i want to stress the number of two drops we get in uh this expansion that you either are neutral or just are whatever is going to really impact uh the direction that arena goes because like when the more more recently early uh, when skyrim was added to arena the uh the, like the percentage of two drops especially playable two drops uh that you had access to changed significantly um and you could feel it right and it made um frequently games more uh snowballing and one-sided if one guy had a whole bunch of two drops at the ready and another guy didn't and we kind of see the same thing actually as a result of this imbalance in the skyrim set itself in the heroes of skyrim only decks that we're going to be facing against in the uh, gauntlets weekend but uh <clears throat> So, I mean, like, I'm definitely interested in, in trying the uh, Fabricants out in Arena, but I'm more interested in seeing how many two-drops we get, and, of course, doubly so the number of neutral two-drops we get. So, I know that we're certainly going to be talking about Clockwork City and, you know, more cards that were revealed, but I do want to make one quick callback, uh, both now and to think about as we kind of show some of the other cards. Yeah. And that is uh, this little card called Dwarven Dynamo. From Heroes of Skyrim. Um, Absolutely. You know, as we start considering the potential of, you know, neutral cards showing up in more decks, um, that's a card that provided a lot of stats for its cost and yeah. was mostly, you know, underutilized because there wasn't a ton of incentive. Right. But it could end up being a very sneaky good card after Clockwork City comes out. 
I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, that that card has always been really high on the uh, stats per cost, you know, ratio. I think you're getting like five, four, and guard worth of stats for uh, four, right? And that's if I'm not mistaken. Um, Plus the tempo swing of being able to use that three, three that turn. Yeah, so it's a 4 cost 2 1 neutral, and on summon you give another neutral creature plus 3 plus 3 and guard. Yeah, yeah, that's a really powerful card um, in a vacuum, of course. There hasn't been the support for it that it needs to really shine yet. But yeah, I mean, like I've, I've been saying for over a year now, like we're only a handful of cards away from uh, basically having an 11th class, right? The Dwemer, the neutral cards. And of course, you can support them with up to two colors, but I'm really excited to see that guy in action. So, speaking of other ways to see him in action, uh, the other neutral card that was revealed that has been, you know, kind of the, the subject of speculation just because of what he implies is the assembled sanitizer. Uh, right. Our buddy, the Factorum, that was yes. revealed. Um, yeah. You know, again, if you're, if you're listening in the future, hello from the future, uh, it is a three cost Holy one, shit. two. Time travel? Yeah, time travel. Uh, it I, is a. <laughs> I need a minute, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this. Uh, it's a three cost one two, and it has this new ability word called assemble. And when you play a creature with assemble, you choose one of two abilities, and it gives that to the creature you played and all other factorum in your hand and deck. So yeah. the assembled sanitizer, you get to choose between either giving it lethal or giving it plus two plus zero. So the first time you play it, it's a three cost and it's either a three cost three two or it's a mm -hmm. three cost one two with lethal. Yeah. But every factorum you play after right. is going to get that exact same buff. So either yeah. everyone has lethal or everyone has plus two plus zero. Um, yeah. It's like assembling Voltron over time in many ways. Yeah. This is a really, really cool card. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of decks that build themselves. I, the factorum are going to be one of those kinds of things i think but um i'm definitely gonna play it right because the idea of being able to like customize your future troops uh based on what you're playing against is again a way to take something that that people like of all skill levels of all you know enthusiasm levels the, the tribal thing but allow you to again win more because you understand the meta well you understand your opponent's deck i think that it's really flexible and really cool this assemble mechanic yeah, I. here's what I hope for the card, because I had one immediate thought when I saw this. And yeah. I hope that they print uh, maybe not a ton of them, but at least enough of them and at different yeah. Magicka costs to yeah. make it so that I can have a really cool and interesting Ultra deck where I'm tutoring different Assemble effects out Ooh, as like it goes. The minute I saw this card, I thought, holy cow, Ultra could be a lot of fun in a very big toolbox. Mm -hmm. depending on what they print for this. I like that a lot. Yeah, this is... I mean, I gotta say, like, as far as uh, first looks at an expansion go, like, they've done a great job of really piquing my interest. Uh, and we haven't even gotten to the red cards with the, uh, with the, uh, the other new mechanic we've been given. So, uh, somebody from chat, Shunara, does mention, so this is worth noting for people, uh, Maricon from Direwolf Digital, great guy, Love Paul. Yes. Uh, yes. He has apparently confirmed that Assemble does work like a summon. So anything that would trigger okay. uh, that kind of effect would get get you to choose the Assemble effect again. So if you play A Night to Remember, you play Dark Rebirth, 
Uh, I assume Winterhold Illusionist would allow you to keep assembling Voltron even further. And that's also really interesting. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You know who's been begging for a neutral tribe besides Dwemer to hang out with? Is the Forsaken guy who gets to buff <laughs> buff a tribe when you when you play him. I was going to say crocodiles, but... Yeah, there are a couple great crocodiles. That's true. That is true. I think crocodile. I think uh, expanding on the crocodile tribal might be a little much to ask for in this in this set. But um, yeah, I'm willing to go on hunger strike actually to demand that it is included in the following set. Yeah, I mean crocodiles are ancient. They're apex predators. They haven't even had to evolve for millions of years. So give them the love right. they deserve. That's true. Uh, Hyranic mentions no mud crab love. That's true. There are also a couple mud crabs. Um, those are also great cards. Yeah, the, <laughs> the problem is you, you don't want to give them love, and here's why, all right? I was already prepared for this question. Mud, <laughs> Enraged Mud Crab is the single most broken card in the game. There is not a card better, and here's why. If you go first, and I if I go first and I play it, my opponent cannot respond at all because I went first and I've played Mud Crab. That's it. He can't respond. There is no counteraction to that. It's a 2-1 stat line, which is crazy to just get for free with no response. And right. it's better than the Willpower guy who's a 2-2, because one, uh, you can put him in any deck. That Willpower yeah. guy can't say That's that. That's true. Not That's even true. a little bit. And no. two, he's already angry. He came out enraged. Like, this true. Mud Crab is, is just ready to go. You can't stop it. There's, right. there, is no, there is no counterplay. Nerf That's Mud true. Crab. Um, it's worth pointing out um, that his slightly larger cousin from Heroes of Skyrim, uh, Mudcrab Anklebiter, or I'm sorry, uh, Ankle Snapper, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he is going to be all over the place in the Heroes of Skyrim weekend that you're, we're about to have for a gauntlet because he is the debatably the best two drop that uh, can fit in every deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would say thus far that's a pretty pretty safe bet. Now, again, it's kind of going to. I'm curious to see what the intelligence fabricant is, because we know that the hulking one is probably good enough to go in like a mid-range style deck. If the intelligence one is also really strong, it would not shock yeah. me if we see something like Ravenous Crocodile also make a comeback because of the yeah. um, synergy with Ward and Absolutely. potentially like Ward removal stuff. I agree. I agree. I think that... Uh... I mean, that's always been a combo that people have tried and found sort of wanting. Um, but a 3-4 for 2 is amazing. And uh, if you can synergize with it, awesome. So A gentleman, a gentleman with the uh, lovely name of Fuckstick has uh, subscribed to you. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple that have been coming through. And I was just saying that I apologize. My normal... <laughs> Twitch notifications are off for the cast because we put the audio version up on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. Hey, look at me advertising to the audience that hasn't heard me yet. But That's um, true. Yeah, it, the notifications are turned off, but I definitely see it. I certainly appreciate it. Right. I love that you love me, so it's all love. Um, while we're on the Mud Crab topic, I got to share. I mean, I got I to gotta brag a little bit that uh, during the Mud Crab Challenge... That happened maybe six, seven, eight months ago. Uh, the challenge was you had to kill somebody in one turn using only a, an enraged mud crab. Uh, I, I'm, was I the only person who pulled that off? I did 30 damage to a guy in one turn. I think I did 32. 
<laughs> that's that, it. I'm awesome. That I mean, that's really impressive. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to think. The closest I've come is I think I have a YouTube clip of uh, swinging with a merchant camel for like 12 or something. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was very satisfying. Very satisfying kill. Dramora Marquinez sealed the deal. <laughs> Oh. I did not get a title for that. I, uh, I I told Sandra she was not impressed, and I went went to bed sad. <laughs> so, there is another ability word that was teased uh, when they right. announced the expansion, and that right. was treasure hunt. Yes, that's right. Now, I personally have some like additional questions about how this interaction is going to work. Yeah, um, but. Essentially, what Treasure Hunt is, is you're going to see Treasure Hunt and then uh, a list of card types, right? So one of the ones, ex for example, was uh, Relic Hunter. This was a two-cost strength card that was a 3-2. Uh, right. It says Treasure Hunt item. Yeah. And when you draw an item, you give that item plus one, plus one. Um, treasure Hunt only triggers once, so it'll only trigger the first time you do it. Basically, like once you meet the requirements, then you have hunted said treasure and you get a bonus. Um, yeah, there is another card that was uh, that was teased, and that was the Ratway Prospector. This probably better showcases um, like the the long term payoff or potential, if you will. Uh, this was a one cost uh, one two in strength that had Treasure Hunt of support item in action, and if you have drawn all three of those card types, it gets plus five plus five, and after it attacks, it gains cover. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, Ratway Prospector is the more interesting of these two cards to me, because I think that the I think the stats alone, like let's say you never trigger <laughs> Treasure Hunt, right? Um, which you very well might not. I actually think that this ability is really really solid with um, with equipment with items. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, this is a creature that like has to be hit with removal. Um, like cannot be traded with profitably and unless you put in a guard creature in front of it that it can't attack into and then hide again. Um, it's a really interesting card. It's one of the few one-drop creatures I've seen for this game that makes me consider playing it. So, one of the things that I have questions about, actually it's twofold, but one of them that's just in general about Treasure Hunt is for these multi-card multi requirement Treasure Hunts, I want to know if there is any sort of visual cue uh, to the opposing player because mm -hmm. for the prospector for example it says treasure hunt support item in action and what i want to know is like if i draw support does it then like highlight support or does that part go away signaling i only need to draw an item or an action now because if yeah. it does it could make for some really interesting like moments some of panic right yes yeah, some cool tension yeah yeah but also it could then potentially raise the power level of cards that let you draw more than one type so if you think of like battle mage's onslaught you know if you've already drawn a support card battle mage's onslaught would draw you an item and an action to trigger yeah. the other half of this so I agree. there's this kind of you know interesting game of chicken that could you know evolve or develop if there is some sort of visual cue and mm -hmm. if there's not then you know the tension's just kind of there throughout yeah, I, I, I like it, and I think that having it tick off for your opponent would be really cool, and I hope we get that. How do you feel about Relic Hunter? I mean, I think Relic Hunter 
is fine for um, like arena. Um, yeah. But I think that and unless we see other cards again from this expansion that maybe help, um, you know, item battle mage, I think that it's yeah. Oh, just okay in a deck that doesn't already see a lot of play. Um, I agree. Even even in that same deck, I think Prospector is the better one because of cards like Battle Mage's Onslaught, and then for the support, you you know it gives you an uh, an excuse to run uh, like Corsair Ship or exactly. something, right? So, yeah. I think that the red guard you want to run in that deck is the two two and three three that give stat bonuses when they're equipped with items, since those synergize with Corsair Ship already so well. Yeah. So the other interesting part to this card. Now I assume that this is after the treasure hunt because of the way that it's worded. But I did happen to notice that there was a, a period. Um, so it's treasure hunt, uh, support item action, you know, Ratway Prospector gets plus five, plus five, period. Mm -hmm. Then after it uh, attacks, it gains cover. Now, right. this card goes from being, like, really mediocre to potentially yeah. really good if that second part, you know, after the period, is there yeah. always. Okay, free, yeah, I guess I, treasure I just... hunt. I just assumed that it was. I hadn't considered the fact that it might be tied to the first ability. Yeah, I mean, I assume that it is also part of the, the treasure hunt completing, but let's let's just say hypothetically if it's not, then this card ends up actually being like really good because it's more likely to yeah. stick long enough for yeah, you exactly. to to get that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's just a reliably aggressive one drop, right? I mean and, and the thing about one drops and legends has always been that like uh, first of all, half the time you're starting at two Magicka, and um, they're almost entirely totally outclassed by the two drops that are available in the game. Um, but I have this thought, which is that if you have a certain ma like a critical mass of like playable one drops, you start to have more value from each subsequent one drop you put in your deck. And by that I mean like you can plan for your deck having a one drop creature, right? Which kind of changes your whole approach to the to the to, the, uh, to each game you play with it. I think Ratway Prospector being red is huge because I think that one of the best one drops in the game is um, the Wisp Mother combo piece, uh, Relentless Raider. Um, I think that those two cards go hand in hand really well. And I think that, uh, you know, you get up to like, you know, nine at minimum, maybe 12 one drops and you start to have a deck that looks a lot different, but, you know, really aggressive than things we're seeing already. Yeah, just to be clear, I, I do fully believe that this is post treasure hunt, but it did make me... It did make me at least consider, like, how, how much better would this card be if they just put that above the treasure hunt, right? Right, like, right. I honestly think it would be entirely harmless, even in that capacity, but... Right. So that leaves us with, uh, with Beaky's card, right? Uh, that is correct. Okay. This is a cool one. This definitely has some, like, damn near photorealistic art, which is kind of fascinating. This is the Starsung Bard. This is a neutral 2-3 Nord creature uh, that says, Immune to silence, your unique cards cost one less. And the thing about this card that is so fascinating is that it says ongoing, like a support card on it. This is sort of mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a couple of different explanations potentially in my in my head for this, right? Yeah. Um, the first, hear me out. The first yeah. is that the ongoing is just a slip up, and I'm wondering if this used to be yeah. uh, some sort of support card. Like maybe this was like, uh, yeah. you know, you know, tavern 
performers or you know in keep right. or in blah 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 right like part of me wonders if if this used to be like just something that made your unique cards cost one less and then after they changed it into a creature they forgot to take the ongoing off dude that is honestly my first thought as well <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know no no disrespect intended like uh these things happen and and it makes the most sense to me that that is the explanation <laughs> yeah i mean listen you know i do my uh my youtube series the forge where i make custom cards and i'll be the first to yeah. tell you that i have totally made ongoing supports and forgot to put the ongoing part on in photoshop Absolutely. and i have also made creatures like in the same video when i've made a support and then went to make a creature i've accidentally left yeah. Uh, that band there. So, I mean, it's very easy to do, but that was my first thought. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I, made, I made a couple of videos with uh, custom cards in it one time, or a couple times. And um, mine were done with the, uh, with some cutting edge, cutting edge, really, um, uh, editing software called uh, Microsoft Paint. And um, all of my cards were, uh, complete shit looking because that is what I did to all of them because I didn't have any idea what I was doing. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I mean other than other than that, uh, I think the card is pretty straightforward, right? Other than the ongoing yeah. part. Um, yeah. the stat line's not great, but again it's yeah. meant to kind of be like a battery. I think that the real problem with yeah. it right now, again not having seen, you know, much of the rest of the set. Yeah. Is just that we don't have necessarily a ton of unique cards. You know, uh, right. Crusader maybe took the best advantage of that before. Right. And I would not play this in any deck that I currently play. And it doesn't particularly inspire me to create a new deck. Yeah, I mean, even the Crusader deck, right? So right. <laughs> we called it Fantastic Fours because there were four four-cost uniques. Um, right. This doesn't help your curve with those at all, right? You're no. going to play this on three, and then you're going to exactly. play that other card next turn anyway. So... Yeah, the only card in that deck that you would want to curve into with this is uh, Ulfric. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one one thing that I would like to see, potentially, right, as we talk about like interesting, would just be more unique cards in general. Sure, yeah. I've always toyed with the idea of, you know, what if we had a unique card that wasn't a legendary, right? How does that look in arena balance? What if you have, like, it's a common card, but it's still unique? Hmm. I'm trying to think. So we, we really only have, like, a... I mean, I'm, I can only think of one unique card that's not a creature, and that's Journey to Sovngarde. Uh, oh, no, I guess there's, there's a couple support cards, too. Yeah, there's, like, Ring of Namira. Um, right. Things like Dragon that. Dragon Mound. Yeah, but yeah, I, that'd be interesting. A unique common card. So what's the, uh, I mean, like, just so I understand this idea better, what's the design appeal of this? I mean, the design appeal is that you could potentially um, pepper in slightly more powerful effects into, like, the lower parts of Arena, and then also you would, again, just have more interactions yeah. with either cards like this or other cards that deal with uniqueness. Um, yeah. You know. I like that. You know, I, I think it is interesting. I'd like to see that. And, you know, like, I think that that would be an interesting theme for, like, a smaller expansion, sort of like the one we're getting right now as far as size goes, um, where you, you, you're you encouraging a more Highlander-esque 
deck building strategy by rewarding you for each unique card you play or the number of unique cards in your deck. That'd be an interesting theme that I'd like to see explored. You'd increase variance quite a bit as far as like the way each matchup goes, but I, I think that in, in small quantities and limited to a single like archetype that uh, could be competitive still despite the increased variance of your draws um, with other non-unique focused decks, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, so uh, Hyrenic Gaming in chat says that the the bard here is Synergy for Heroic Rebirth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. I do like that. Heroic Rebirth is never going to be playable, unfortunately. But, but uh, I say that as a guy who's played it at Legend Rank. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that is an interesting little synergy there. I like that. And uh, Fuckstick writes that... Um, he wants to see High, Ro High Rothgar not legend, not unique. I totally agree. If there's one card in the game I would like to see made not unique, it is High Rothgar. Really? Out of all of them, that's the one? Yeah, yeah, because that's a card that I want to build around, and I have repeatedly. <laughs> but, but, like, I, you know, it's just so not rewarding when it's one out of 50 cards in your deck. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just because it's like a more combo-oriented thing, but I would personally want Ring of Namira. And I know that's super greedy, but I would I would want to yeah. play that deck more. That's fair. Um Ring of, I, I have played the Ring of Namira combo now a few times, and it is fun, I will say. Um but what I like about High Rothgar being more available as opposed to Ring of Namira is that I think that I think it should be kind of challenging to pull off a one turn kill. Whereas High Rothgar is I mean, like it, it's it's <laughs> it's not a good card. <laughs> And uh, it's not involved in any kind of one-turn kill combo that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I almost feel like High Hrothgar should have just been like a regular support, and then as a unique support, there should have been something that like switched the power and toughness of all creatures, both yours and your opponents, right? Because that would be something that would like yeah. be worthy of a unique and would actually like yeah. change the way the course of the game is played potentially. I agree. Shunara says that Nightmother is the kind of card you'd like to be non-unique. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about Nightmother. I think Nightmother might be broken at uh, not unique, just because it is in the right deck, like super powerful. I mean, like I, I play quite a bit of Slay Scout, and um, or I have recently, and uh, Nightmother in that deck, even if you don't trigger the ability, just putting things in front of your Falkreath Defiler, for instance, is incredibly powerful. And I worry about the power level of that card in copy in as a three of in your deck. Yeah, I mean, I would be going from playing Support Mage to Support Control Crusader at that point. Yeah, and, absolutely, absolutely. And instead of running like College of Winterhold, I would just jam in like Nightmothers and play that package, and then I would feed yep. my opponent an Unstoppable Rage all day long. Absolutely. I mean, for that matter, you could just put it in Control Mage without any support, you know, support, and uh, trigger it eventually with through removal. Yeah. <laughs> it could be your win condition as a three of, and as a one of, it's not likely to happen. So, you know, we've talked about all the cards that have been revealed so far. Um, before I move on to, like, the follow-up question, I had one... I want to call back to the card that we revealed. And I want to think about the Banish mechanic. I know it's really early to think about it, right? Yeah. So, you know, we see Banish. We know it's going to Banish discard piles. Uh, you know, you and I both speculate we'll see Banish for things potentially in play. 
You know, yes. ban banish a creature, it gets straight removed from game, maybe it even doesn't get last gasp, you know, that sort of thing, just like Magic the Gathering. Right. But, also, from Magic the Gathering, uh, there was these cycle of cards called Wishes that let you play cards from the Exile. So, do That's you true. think that we That's might true. potentially see cards that... <laughs> Well, interact with the yeah. Let you interact with the banish pile. Think, cause hear me out, right? Like, right. you know, we had soul, like we had no discard interaction, and then we got soul tear, and that right. caused a lot of people to complain. And now we have the counter to soul tear. So in my head, right. I was like, so what happens when we get soul tear but for banish? Uh, right. Like, what if the combo is <laughs> I use this card to banish your discard, and then I play my yeah. my memory tear, and I steal cards that I banished out of your discard pile to play. I have to admit, man, for some reason this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I feel like we're going down this rabbit hole of, like, really dumb stuff, and, like, I don't know that this is good for the game to... I think that, like, having the Banish be the, like, you're never seeing this again zone and making that a hard and fast rule is probably for the best. Well, they start with Banish, but then they, they introduce this new keyword called Uninstall, where it just literally uninstalls the game files. <laughs> I like that. You know, I gotta say that reminds me of something. I was I was reading um, I was reading some PC mag uh, gaming magazine um, a while ago talking about this. Uh, one of the first flight simulators was designed by Sierra Online, and maybe I think this was the late '80s, early '90s. And uh, they thought it would be really cool that if you if you crashed your plane, your computer crashed. So when you crashed <laughs> your plane in the game, it shot off your computer. And like I'm thinking to myself, like. God, that is really, really annoying. But like, I it's just just like that guy. There was a guy, you know, fifty thousand years ago who went up to a cow and was like, "You know what, man? I'm gonna squeeze that and drink whatever comes out." Right? Like somebody had to try it. Right? Somebody had to try it. Um, doesn't mean it's a great idea, but somebody had to try it. That I just was thinking about that story. We have some late joiners. I'm gonna temporarily put the card back up. So you know why don't why don't we show why don't we show the commercial again? <laughs> I mean that's fair. We can do that. Let's let's take a uh, minute and a half intermission for the people who are just joining us because uh, yeah. they may or may not know that this stream is uh, sponsored. So we'll yeah. do that. We, we got to pay some bills. Yeah, we got to pay some bills. <laughs> Hi guys, Brenton Mage here, the meme specialist. Now I know if you if you're like me, you've spent a lot of time on the ladder lately, and you've been thinking to yourself, what am I gonna do? about that nasty Parthenax, that Parthenax that gets into everything. You, I mean, you're just out there, and there's the board, and into the field lane Parthenax goes all over the board. You probably tried the traditional answers, I know I have. You say to yourself, I'm gonna use some some uh, piercing javelin. That didn't even work, you couldn't even use it. So the next thing you try, you probably think to yourself, well, what about Edict of Azura? That's gotta be a good answer to Parthenax. So you get some Edict of Azura down in there. And then you go to you go to clean things up, and you just get the mess everywhere. It just spreads everywhere. The Parthenax goes everywhere. You can't do anything about it. Soul Terror comes. Parthenax is back on the battlefield again, and he brings all those super annoying shots with him. Well, fortunately for you, there's a brand new answer. That answer is Banish. I highly recommend Banish. One spray of Banish onto the Parthenax, and you're gonna be able to get that thing right off the battlefield. You take your uh, you take your creatures. You take your banish, and then suddenly it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. There is no more Parthenax. Parthenax has been eliminated. Take, but don't take my word for it. Even though I am the fantastic Breton Mage meme specialist. What you really need to do is try it out for yourself. Coming soon to a set near you. Banish.
So yeah, that's the commercial. <clears throat> yep. We're eating bread tonight. Yeah. We're going to make so much money off of that. We really are. I mean, you just had your YouTube channel monetized, so this is your chance to go big. Right. Yeah, so fun fact, I was just typing it in the chat. Uh, yeah. Due to a mix-up, maybe someday in the future we'll explain the whole story, but for yeah. now, all I'm going to say is due to a mix-up, uh, we actually shot a completely different commercial we for, did. So, for some product, from a for another product entirely different. Yes, we did. Um, that is probably as equally crazy as that one is. Um, yeah. And I'm sure at a, at a minimum we'll show that one like in the future, but I would personally yeah. kind of like to do it when we have the context. So I agree. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Uh, you and I are both in the video. Yep, um, Sandra's in, Sandra is in the video dressed as an orc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a good time with that. That maybe we'll get permission or something. And we'll show that next week. Yeah, we'll see. Um, another thing, just because we had so much fun making that one, it, I think it might be, it might be just a thing. We might just have to do a series of commercials. Maybe not even just for like reveal season, but maybe after the fact, we'll like retroactively like make commercials for different cards as themes. That could be a lot of fun. I think that's a good idea. I think it's a really good idea. Hey, Hyranic, Hi um, uh, we'll we can we'll both upload it to our YouTube channels tonight. So his yeah. charmers will be up much faster because I uh, I actually uploaded to the internet with carrier pigeons, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to see it on like my channel, his channel. Um, It'll also yeah. be on the podcast. I always put the podcast up on YouTube as well, so yeah, it'll be all over. Indeed, and I agree. Peter's eighty-nine. It is some badass art. Um, and seeing what colors get banished in the future is going to be really exciting. Anytime the uh, the color pie, you know, the division of mechanics amongst the classes uh, expands and it gets more defined, I, I get excited. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, if it's just intelligence. Usually they try to split things across, you know, two attributes. Right, um, right. Like, it'd be interesting if they went either, you know, agility or willpower, because I could see something like this being attached to, like, a pilfer mechanic, right? <laughs> I'd like to see pilfer come out from being straight aggro, but used more for, like, utility purposes. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. I'd like to, I mean, I, the color that makes sense to me to have banish, uh, for things in play is, is, is willpower, of course, because it, it's already the color of piercing javelin and mechanically there's not a huge difference. There is some difference, but there's not a huge difference between a uh, piercing javelin that destroys and a piercing javelin that, uh, that banishes. Um, so I'd like to see, uh, if possible, like a pilfer creature that banishes things somehow when it, uh, hits the player. Yeah, so before I went off on my, like, do we think we should retrieve cards from, you know, Banish? Yeah. <laughs> uh, tangent. One of the things I was going to ask you is, all right, you know, we, we've revealed a card. We've seen some other cards already revealed. Um, we know some more are coming, you know. Uh, tomorrow, yeah. I, I saw CVH tweet, for example, that he's going to do a card reveal video tomorrow. Um, right. What? Oh, real, real quick, real quick CVH update. He's already posted on Reddit that he thinks this card is shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real thing? No, I'm serious, man. I'm totally serious. It's not one of those fake CVH accounts either. It's the real one. Oh. That, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. It's not... Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
I don't think yeah. it's necessarily like great, but it's not bad by any means because it's got a wide range of things. I think that I'll say this. I think this card is much better on ladder than it is in a tournament setting. Because in a ladder yeah, where you're yeah. playing best of one and you don't know what you're going to queue into, um, yeah. if there is enough, you know, popularity of the other decks and other, you know, interactions, then it's entirely yeah. likely that this will be warranted. But in a tournament setting where you're more likely to predict the decks that you're going to run into, then I think right. that this has the potential to gain or lose value. Like, I think it's got yeah. a nice median and then you know it could gain a lot of value depending on the matchups or if nobody's playing you know graveyard interactions then it would just drop right. out of your tournament lists so yeah i agree i i think that it's a strong card and i think that it's an important card to exist um that's so, that's my summary of my feelings about that so one of the things that uh you know i was about to ask you is you know what what would you uh, like to see more of as far as like the reveals go i mean you know mm -hmm. what what tickles you the most out of what we've seen so far that you would either like to see more of or is there something that you haven't seen yet that you hope to see um what do i want to see i want to see build around support cards build around neutral support cards <laughs> that's what i want to see not unique ones either what about you I mean, I'm interested to see what some of the other Factorum are that are revealed because, again, like I said, Alter really has me intrigued uh, with some potential there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree completely. And Factorum would be fun. I, I probably will build a Factorum deck day one. Uh, I was going to say, I'm also curious to see if Treasure Hunt ends up being an ability spread across all attributes or not because I it has not been lost on me that both of them so far are red. And then yeah. both of them include item in there. So I'm wondering if this is going to be like, mm -hmm. you know, something tailored toward, you know, item mage or item battle mage, the idea of like finding items and kind of feeding that deck art type, or if it's going to be something spread, you know, across. Absolutely. It's worth, it's worth, I mean, trying to read between the, uh, read between the lines here, right? Like, um, they are different races. Right, like that's important to keep in mind, and because races traditionally hang out in two colors, in certain, you know, in one class, we have a red guard and we have a wood elf, right? Which says to me, at least it's possible, more possible than than in the other other classes, that we're going to see these in uh, in blue and in green as well, potentially, which makes sense to me on like a visceral level as far as like the division of this mechanic goes. So this is, after all, the fun and interactive podcast. And usually after Let's... about an hour in, we, we turn it over to chat. So, you know, there's a lot to talk about between cards revealed uh, tonight, cards revealed uh, earlier this week. Um, you know, what kind of questions do you have? What is, you know, on your mind? What do you want to see more of? Let's Let's get some of that interaction rolling. Yeah, ask us about anything. It doesn't have to be legends related, although that is the uh, general idea. But oh, you can yeah. ask us you can ask us about any kind of thing that's on your mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In fact, just before we went live, Justin and I were tweeting some of the highlights from our, <laughs> our Twitter DMs back and forth. So if yeah. you want to ask us about that, that's fine too. Absolutely. Alright, so the re was there there was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Asks, how many kids do you have, Trevor? Um, I have two, two boys, uh, one and a half and four. 
both are named after superheroes. I have Stark and I have Monroe. Monroe is named after Nomad, who took over for Cap for a bit. And I also own a Grumble of Pugs, who are like my furry children. So uh, a Grumble of Pugs, if you didn't know, is three or more, like a pod of whales. That is interesting. <laughs> uh, Yum Yum asks, what's a mechanic you want brought over from another card game to this one? Um, that's an interesting question. I, I've mentioned before, and I think we've talked before uh, about um, talk of the, top of the deck manipulation, um, like looking at the top three and drawing one of them, or putting a card from your hand on top of your deck. Right. I think has a lot of added uh, cool mechanic, uh, added some added effects in this game because of the prophecy mechanic and the rune mechanic. For me, um, I, I mean, I know it's too late to do it now, but I actually really like the way Eternal handled Silence, where it follows yeah. zones. Um, I agree. But I, but I would also steal from Eternal, and I would say either something like uh, Echo or something like Warcry, I think, are both great uses of the digital format for card yeah. games. I agree. I think Warcry is a really cool mechanic. Um, Warcry is when when Warcry triggers, and it can trigger on an attack, or it can be something that a spell does. The top creature or item in your deck gets plus one, plus one, or plus X, plus X, where X is you know war, the amount of Warcry you're doing. And also from Eternal, I'd love to see stolen. Um, there's a, a mechanic in Eternal called Warp that's on certain cards, and if a card with Warp is on the top of your deck, you can play it from the top of your deck, and it's a way to give card advantage of a sort to colors that don't draw cards very often. You know... Uh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I do want to catch up to the uh, the questions here in a second, but I was just kind of musing in my head, right? Yeah. I wonder if, like, if this card does become popular, let's say, part of me wonders if the old money scout that my buddy Justin Larson <laughs> used to play will make a comeback and they'll go with the non-soul tear versions and they just play lots of beats i do like that idea i mean every time i see scout not beating down with skull um with uh bone daddy yeah. <laughs> bone colossus i do get a little sad i can definitely see that um so shunara asked justin will you also reveal a card uh, what was said to me was that they aren't sure who all is getting cards yet, and that uh, um, what else did they say? Uh, they're trying to spread it out um, amongst uh, more people than they have in the past instead of just the same faces. So this was uh, Charmer and my card reveal. Yeah, that so, doesn't so... mean that we're not going to reveal another card in the future necessarily, but you know yeah. we have four weeks of, of previews to go through still i was gonna say sadly as of right now it sounds like i might not get to write a cool journal thing like last time but we don't yeah. know for sure um <clears throat> charmer do you watch game of thrones i both watch game of thrones and uh, have read all of the books read all the books long before the show i'm that mm -hmm. level nerd no man i read them all in prison they were great i love those books uh ozzy how much of that Parthernax in a container do you have left, Justin? Was it real Parthernax, or I can't believe it's not Parthernax? <laughs> well, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't actually eat Parthenax. But that was um, that was curry vinaigrette that we put green food coloring in. <laughs> what color and what cost... This is LichSpawn9. He asks, what color and what cost do you think an action would be that is like Piercing Javelin that banishes instead of destroys? Um, we probably have different thoughts on this. I would like to see it be a five-cost mage card. 
yeah, I could see that. Um, my only concern with Mage, right, is that, like, we already know that Control Mage is for a long time been like the standard for control in this game and you know with the exception of heroes of skyrim where scout pushed it out it was kind of like the de facto and like i would hate for them to just go right back to that part of me actually hopes that the other half of banish ends up being something like strength because strength is like the rule setting attribute so i would yeah. almost like to see like a warrior class card to give them some hard removal we already see them have hard removal though it's conditional in something like fell the mighty yeah. So I would be okay with that as well. I, I I could see that being, and I could be okay with that. I think Stone Throw that vanished instead of destroyed could cost the same as Stone Throw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both because like, if it doesn't trigger Last Gasp, it basically functions as destroy and silence, and then remove from the discard pile. Um, and that's stuff that's already in the Red's wheelhouse. Peters89 says, uh, this is his first card game, so he doesn't know if he's being uh, too impatient. I guess I should say he or she. Uh, but no nerfs or buffs with this most recent patch. Is it because either the devs believe that there are that none are necessary, or that Clockwork City is going to answer any of those buffs or nerfs? And if the second, should there be concerns about power creep? Um, so I know we heard something recently about a balance patch coming up, right? Hmm. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. I okay. say as I not break any confidential information. Yeah, I can't remember where I saw that. It might happen. <laughs> yeah, and even, I would say even if it doesn't, um, I don't think that you have to worry about it being a power creep thing because they have certainly done many other balance patches you know, outside of expansions. Um, yeah. So I think that we're safe in that respect. And I would also say that you always have to worry about power creep with expansions uh, anyway, um, because there are two kinds of power creep. There's inherent power creep, and then there is like direct or blatant power creep. Direct or blatant power creep is where you print one card that's just 100% better than the other, right? You got a 3-2 for two, and then next set you have like a 3-2 for two that has an ability and the exact same attribute, like, that's power creep that is direct or blatant but inherent power creep comes from uh, the introduction of new complexities which always happens every expansion cards that might not have been good before might become significantly more powerful now right just just because of you know the the larger card pool the greater the potential interactions <laughs> absolutely um I don't even see that question. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm like way back, so... Shit. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, so there is, of course... Um, I think it's probably better for the game to release an, a balance patch uh, after the expansion hits just because you don't know how things are going to shake out. But yeah, I agree with Charmer on most of this. So uh, we have Justin, if Bethesda were to make a card game from one of their other IPs, which one would you want? Oh, good question. Um, so let's see here. So I'm mostly familiar with the um, Elder Scrolls properties. So real quick, I'm going to make sure I know what Bethesda publishes. I'm going to Google Bethesda, go to their Wikipedia page. No, I'm just kidding. I think Fallout would be a lot of fun um, <clears throat> just because the Fallout universe is pretty large and established. And uh, there are, of course, always the rumors that 
that I heard about last week, I guess, uh, that <laughs> Fallout and Elder Scrolls might somehow be connected in the same world. So I'd love to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think Fallout makes, you know, the most obvious choice, both in popularity and because in many ways, it's of their other properties, it's the most well-suited for a card game because you could have, like, your character or maybe, like, a small team of characters and then yeah. the interactions would be... Um, potentially playing like items to buff your characters or if you think about like the cheesy fallout guy um, mm. you could like level him up or train him to make him more powerful and then you could also on the flip side play like minions to fight against him so uh, if, you ever, if you ever played like the old decipher um, Lord of the Rings card game in that card game you play both the good guys and the bad guys and on each player's turn you flipped sides and when you were the, like you know the the bad guys you would play cards to fight the opposing team's fellowship and vice versa and i could see a fallout game functioning very similarly where you like play enemies from the fallout universe to take out somebody's hero or like small team of heroes and then you would like buff and level up your guy as you go i think that would be like the most obvious uh you know path i like it um let's see more questions uh, did you hear the cat? We just had the first cat meow. Yeah, there. yeah. It. Yeah. It's been a long time <laughs> coming. I know. Um, so Jimmy the Saint asks, "Why do you only assume control will have this ability? It's a new ability mechanic. All colors will get a version of Banish." Um, I don't think only control-themed cards will get access to Banish, but I do think that it's going to be limited in, ter in terms of the number of cards that have access to it, just because otherwise you sort of dilute the uh, how interesting it is as a mechanic if everyone has access to it. Yeah, I personally, I would like to say two things about it. One, I don't think for sure that every attribute will get it. Um, I honestly think that just like Silence, for example, it'll probably be limited to like two. And then we might get like maybe a neutral card that does it that's overcosted, right? But I, I think that it'll certainly fit within the context of, um, you know, like the the attribute pie, if you will, somewhere. But the reason I think Justin and I are kind of honing in on it as being more of a control card is because if it is, if Banish does ever exist in the form of removal, right? Like killing something on the board. It is yeah. already a more powerful effect than simply destroying because you're getting an added benefit. So it's going to have right. to cost more than destroy effects. And if you're playing an aggressive deck that just cares about getting rid of a speed bump so that you can kill somebody faster, you don't really care about the long-term effects of you know whether it comes back or not, at least not typically. Like You just, you just want to control the opponent by killing their face. So yeah. I don't think that it would... You know, if it does exist in that fashion, I don't think that it would play a prominent role in most aggressive or mid-range strategies unless, like, the meta did something to specifically dictate that. I agree. Shout out to uh, Solid Age, AJ. Thanks for stopping by, and thanks for uh, letting us do this reveal. Yes, everybody give all of your praise to uh, Solid Age, AJ, a.k.a. Twitch Drops God, because without him... <laughs> Uh, you would not have had a fun commercial and potentially a second commercial in the future. Dude, I just realized I haven't gotten my weekly Twitch drop for doing the show. <laughs> well, now you know who to complain to. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I believe that they've been broken and I demand a full investigation. <laughs> oh. 
I do think it's funny that um, not just in our chat, but just like already on Twitter and Reddit, there is um, like two specific factions that are already forming. Like always, anytime there are cards revealed, I feel like this always seems to happen. Um, but there are two very distinct factions. One are uh, on the side of this card will make no impact whatsoever and is not very good. And the other are in the this card is already oppressive and it just destroys too many decks. Um, which I think is interesting because I'm firmly like in the middle. Like I said, I think that it probably has a median value on the ladder because of the best of one. I think that it will shift one way or the other depending on uh, the ebb and flow of games. And then even within the context of a game, um, it's not like you on auto play it on five on curve. There's going to be some yeah. finesse to using it properly. So, I agree. And and it, like we said at the beginning of the cast, like I said at the beginning of the cast, um, what I like about this is that it's going to make waves in the meta, right? Like even if it's not the world's you know most silver bullet type answer to a certain type of deck or a certain field of decks, certain archetypes. Um, people will play them less because this card exists and because they will run into it once on the ladder, right? Like, it will have that effect because, I mean, people's... Like, whether or not, like, even it makes them lose the game because pe people's perception of uh, the reality of the Legends meta is going to change and that's going to cause certain other decks to rise in popularity and then there will be a counter flow to that and those decks will rise up. So th this card is going to make waves in the game even if it doesn't get played more than five times ever. I mean, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to get played, but... Things are going to change because this card exists. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm firmly in the same camp that you are in that, like, it'll it'll see some play, and then it will probably, uh, you know, fade out as those other decks and other archetypes fade out, and then inevitably somebody will dust something off because it's not seeing play, come right. in, you know, do something, go on a run, make a Reddit post, whatever the case is, and then yeah. you'll be right back, so. I agree. Um, I saw a couple questions. Let's see here. What does Charmer, what does Sorcerer need to be a good control deck? Burst life gain. The biggest problem, in my opinion, that Sorcerer has right now is that every form of life gain requires um, surviving for a turn. Whether it's Little Girl, whether it's Night Shadow, whatever the case may be. Um, even drain life from your potential Blood Magic Lords that you're likely not playing in that deck anymore. Uh, right. required you to like high roll and then you also had to likely break a rune to do it so yeah. i think that it needs some better form of life gain uh in order to rebound i think it's got enough with ice storm um it doesn't have hard hard removal but it's got things like mummify which are maybe good enough if you had if you had the health gain to survive the 2-2 hitting you after you've mummified it it might right. not be as bad so um yeah, I'd agree with the life gain thing. Uh, it's worth pointing out that, like, this spring, when Sorcerer was all over the place, like, uh, my biggest problem with <clears throat> when Sorcerer is popular is that the ward mechanic shuts down the removal options for a lot of other decks. Um, and I think is a little constricting on what can be good in the meta. Uh, so I like it when Sorcerer does other things like control and like ramp. So seeing the decks that have been popular in the past with Sorcerer has been a little frustrating at times. Um, I do think that the life gain thing is important. I think that uh, 
you know, if you just wanted a sorcerer control deck to be good, you know, a, a sorcerer dual class card that, uh, let's say a four four for five that you gain five life and draw a card when it loses its rune or loses its ward, I think would do it. Good mid range card. Yeah, I mean, and it would potentially allow for, you know, more like more ward interactions that aren't in like yeah. the battle mage variety right right that card would just get the card i just described though would just get put into the top end of a mid-range sorcerer curve yeah. <laughs> uh let's see more questions yeah we got a bunch coming in um i see do 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 Socially Awesome Turtle, great name by the way, asks, Charmer, what do you think is the next AoE coming to the game? Interesting. Um, if we're talking about, like, AoE removal, then... And that's a good question. I, I feel like we're kind of due for something uh, in strength again that's not Unstoppable Rage, like... Burn and Pillage kind of got nerfed. Fireball's not really seeing anything. Yeah. Um, Grotwood Ambusher is there. Like, believe it or not, Strength is home to a very large number of AoE. It's just that with the exception of Unstoppable Rage, they're just kind of mostly, like, not yeah. playable. And I feel like that's still an archetype that they're trying to support. So it wouldn't shock me if we get something in that vein. You know, yeah. what that ends up being, I have no idea. Perhaps it's... Um, you know, perhaps it's some sort of class card that's tied with strength, but... Yeah. Uh, what do you think of um, a warrior card? Um, say it costs five or six. Do two damage to all... Two damage or one damage. I mean, this you got to be careful costing this. I, I don't have any idea how to balance this. Does two, one or two damage to all creatures, and the spell has drain. I mean, I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh... I did, in one of my episodes of The Forge a long time ago, I had toyed with the idea of um, actions that had lethal on them and actions that had drain on them because I thought yeah. that those were interesting, right? When you think about yeah. an action with lethal, um, you know, you could make it cost like three and just do one point of damage and it yeah. probably kills most creatures, but it won't kill things immune to lethal. It won't kill things that have a ward protecting them. Like there's all sorts of ways that that makes it an interesting card in my opinion. And the same yeah. thing occurs with drain on an action, right? Even if it's just like, you know, yeah. deal two damage to a creature and that action has drain. Um, yeah. I think that's an area to explore and I could totally see that being like a warrior card. Yeah, I think drain on <clears throat> spells is inevitable. Um, Charmer, what do you think about Control Sorcerer using Restless Templar with sacrifice cards like Darker Birth, Cruel Firebloom, and Desperate Conjuring for heals? Um, I, I've certainly went that route myself in the past, but, you know, if you consider something like Dark Rebirth, like you're paying seven to heal five and then just get a five, two out of it that you might or might not get future heals out of. Um, that's a, that's a pretty big investment. Like it would be one thing if Templar had guard or something, but uh, I'm just not, I'm not seeing it being enough against those aggressive decks, right? Like I would take, I would yeah. still take Knight of the Hour over that, for example, every day of the week. I agree. Yeah, I've <clears throat> I've tried making that work um, without any success. Uh, 
do, 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 do. Here's a question for both Charmer and Justin. Uh, what game do you think is game of the year in 2017? Oh, wow, good question. So, look, I'll be honest. Legends is my is the game I've spent the most time playing in my life, and I love Legends. That said, I think game of the year is Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Like, I've played a ton of Legends, and... Like, I didn't play Divinity at all. I just... I haven't yet. Yeah. So, I... Man, I don't know what I would say. My biggest problem is that right now, like, all of the single-player games that I would traditionally play and enjoy, um, I'm just behind on. So, uh, yeah. like, I'm still playing... I haven't finished the... Whatever the last DLC to Witcher 3 was. Like, I haven't finished that. Um, I still haven't finished, like, Resident Evil 7 all the way. Um, there's, there's just a lot of single-player games that I haven't even finished because I pick them up and I'll play them for, like, two or three hours and then I get... I get to the point where I'm like, I'm really having fun, but if I have this free time to myself, I should probably do something content related, and then I give it up. So, yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, uh, Chad is pointing out Mage's Trick and Ransack as cards that gain life equal to the amount of damage they deal. Yeah, I know currently it's no no cards are templated to do direct damage with Drain, but um, here. Here's the primary difference between those cards as printed and the way I envision an action that has drain on it. And that's yeah. that if I see an action that says deal two damage to a creature, but also has the drain keyword, that yeah. drain keyword could be transferred to mimic where mage's trick, because it does not save drain, would not. Yeah. So there are potential ways that you could actually um, still add drain and get some additional benefit or interaction from other cards. Uh, the yeah. same, you know the same the same effect but different outcomes depending on the way it has synergy so yeah um Hyranic asks do you ever think we'll get a mechanic that allows you to rebuild a rune I hope so do you like I mean I feel I go back and forth on this one like today I kind of feel like I hope we don't I really feel like we do but I hope that they're not like a real rune like in my mind when it repopulates it's got like a different color or a different piece of art or something and yeah. i want it to either have uh no effect additionally or a different effect here's why i think that no effect is still fine um other than that being a rune and breaking again if you don't draw a card if it doesn't trigger prophecy it still gives you an opportunity um to trigger or give it potentially gives like your opponent an opportunity to trigger things against you but if they ever printed a, a mechanic like that enrage thing i did a, a video on it could trigger things like that on its own um, right also the fatigue game comes to mind yeah right right now the fatigue sure. game comes down to um when you run out of cards it starts breaking runes and even if that rune doesn't like you know draw you a card or whatever it could still potentially stall you for a couple of turns I just want yeah. to see more cards interact with runes in general, though. I think it's a really interesting yeah. resource and mechanic. I agree. I'm I'm stuck. When it comes to new rune mechanics, I'm stuck on the fire rune, frost rune, poison rune type thing that we've talked about in the past. I will say, though, I mean, like, as far as how often fatigue happens, like, <clears throat> I've played... Uh, 
I've played two games where the game went to the point where people, two games are constructed. I've had it happen in Arena a handful of times, um, where people drew out their entire decks. Um, once I was playing a Control Mage deck where that was actually what I was trying to do to my opponent. And the other time I was playing against Dazer's uh, Ultra Assassin deck, <laughs> and I was playing Ultra Monk, and uh, he drew out his entire deck enti uh, on purpose. Like, it's really hard to pull off. I could potentially see fatigue starting to matter more if we do get more interesting cards like Merchant's Camel, though, right? Like, right yeah, now, it's the, the card pool is one of the main reasons. You know, it's a larger deck size, too, but the card pool is one of the main reasons that we don't ever see the games go that long. But as we get more Ultra cards, as we get more Merchant's Camels, you know, things like that, I could see it potentially being different, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. And, and you know, a fatigue-style deck is something that just doesn't really have the support to be built right now. Like, when I say I built a mage deck that was trying to put people into fatigue, I was just running a mage deck with, like, 35 removal spells, um, elusive schemers, <laughs> and, uh, and a hope and a dream. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hyranic has a good point. Skeever Infestation makes... Uh, is potentially the ultimate answer to a mill strategy. Yeah, unless... Um, unless you get them, like, discarding from the top of their deck somehow, though, right? Like, right, right, right. That's the true mill strategy, not just, like, the overdraw, but... Right. It's no guy's blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Journey uh, to Sovngarde. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Joe did it writes Justin what do you think about giving a support ward your opponent has to destroy it twice I'd be open to that I would, um, go ahead I was going to say I would prefer instead of it having ward because I think that ward doesn't protect from destroy right now so I think that that's a little bit like awkward sure. I would instead personally prefer to see supports with last gasp that'd be cool and you know we we do have one, don't we? Isn't the uh, the blue one that summons the Storm Atronach? Isn't that a last gasp ability? Um, I don't believe so. I thought it was. Oh, no, wait. It used to be, right? Where it used to trigger if you destroyed it with uh, Vicious Drag. Shit, this this was like a long time ago. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would like to see supports with... Um... I would like to see supports with a last gasp effect where it's that whole like you know pick your poison thing right like do you want you want to give me like a big bonus effect or you want to let me get a gradual effect over time or maybe you know if you kill it then it comes back as uh you know some other effect um i could see a bunch of different ways that last gasp could be interesting i agree um the comments in, in chat about uh, support like revival or resurrection that i think is inevitable yeah, I would agree with that. Something that either puts it back into your hand, or I would even be... I would be interested in seeing what it was like if something put it directly into play. I agree. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I definitely want to see more discard pile interaction as, as the game goes on. You know, um, like... Uh, you know, obviously reviving Hisgrove, as, as Dumpster just said in chat, would be hugely powerful. But just the ability to, um, assuming that there are more cards like Scouting Patrol 
or scouts report and the merchant's camel that can put stuff into your discard pile uh using that as a resource to cheat out support cards for cheaper or earlier i think is definitely a strategy i'd like to try so semaphore asks uh do you prefer hearthstone style tournaments or magic the gathering style tournaments where you use a single deck and a sideboard it's a good question I prefer playing in magic style tournaments with sideboards, um, but I think that Hearthstone style tournaments are much more interesting to watch. Yeah, um, I personally, I prefer for a game like this, the Hearthstone style tournaments for a couple of reasons. One, um, from a viewer standpoint, I 100% agree. I think that they're more interesting to watch because you get more diversity. But yeah. even when I'm playing in them, I like the idea of like having to craft and hone more than one deck as opposed to just like beating my one deck over and over and over again. And I sure. also miss... like One of the things that Magic the Gathering allows you to do because the resource system doesn't go up incrementally and you can put as many colors into your deck as you want is... Yeah. Magic the Gathering allows you to splash a color, right? And there, you just don't get to do that in this style of a game. So yeah. the decks feel, I don't know, like I just feel like if there was a Magic the Gathering thing that was like officially supported and people were really trying to like break that meta and put their brains to it, I think that you're going to end up with it being very much a like a mid-range slog fest with a bunch of just like you know hate or tech cards but I, I think that a lot of the decks are going to look and feel and play the same because yeah. this this game is so very board centric and creature centric in ways that magic <laughs> can get away from like magic That's just true. has a different core mechanic yeah in general the pace is so much different in magic um and you know i, I we've talked about sideboard and stuff uh, a few times in the show and i think that um I've definitely come to the position where I don't think we should have sideboards for this game because right now the way that hate cards, for instance, and the card pool in general is designed would uh, not result in a fun experience <laughs> if you could swap out 15 cards in your deck. Yeah, and I think that people also, you know, they don't understand how how much of your deck you're actually shifting out in a Magic game, right? Like Magic is a 60-card deck. But realistically, yeah. you're only running like 35, 36 actual like playable cards because the rest right. of your resources. So right. when you consider that you're you're swapping out almost half of your deck potentially for certain matchups, yeah. um, it's just like bringing a second deck anyway. So I, I, I yeah. think that, you know, again, from like a viewer standpoint, from like forcing me to think outside the box for all those reasons, I've just kind of grown to like the other format more I agree do 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 wow are we caught up did we finally I think we are any more questions <laughs> I mean on any topic can you help with the direction of your life we can talk about that <laughs> Wes Wes seems good <laughs> That's where the gold is, my friend.
Yeah, yeah, Tiki. You're good. I was gonna say Tiki points out that he says uh, he or she, I guess. Uh, Magic decks rarely swap out all 15 cards. They usually don't uh, change more than like eight. 15 is to match many decks. Uh, yeah, that's true, but also not true because I've certainly played in plenty of tournaments where I boarded in all 15 cards and like didn't even blink. So. Yeah. I agree. Usually that's the case, but not always. Um, Hyranic asks, what are your favorite mixed drinks? I know what yours is. Yeah, I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like a good Mojito. Yeah. That's, yeah, I know. It's uh, not exactly considered like the manliest of drinks, right? It's not like I said old fashioned or something, but I don't drink often either. But when I do, um, it's a Mojito. I used to drink Mojitos. Those are good. Yeah. Absolutely Terabad asks Charmer, what's your favorite movie trilogy starring Elijah Wood? <laughs> what is my favorite movie trilogy star? Well, I don't know if it counts as a trilogy because isn't there like seven or eight of them? But I loved him in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Wasn't he in those Transformers movies too? No, no, I think that's Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we just we just won. Yeah, <laughs> we we won the internet today. Um, Team Defiance uh, asks thoughts on the new Blue Legend. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, I like it. I think that it certainly has a place in control, and I actually think that it has the potential to have place in in mid range decks. Um, I think there's a lot yeah. of a lot of power uh if you're playing something that is intelligence based and you're hitting that late game where you're trying to finish off your opponent i think there's a, a lot of strength and potentially going uncano into that card to pull your atro to then play atro on curve right yeah. so or yeah i think it's really interesting yeah i was gonna say if you're an assassin find tazcat or you know whatever your finisher is yeah um Joda did asks, Justin, what's the longest you ever gone without playing Elder Scrolls Legends once you started? Um, I didn't play from uh, about a month and a half. I didn't play in May at all when my computer died, and I didn't play for a couple weeks in June. So about six weeks without playing. And then uh, I only played maybe 30 games. Um, most, of, Well, maybe 40 or 50, I guess. Most of which were uh, gauntlets or arena runs um, in October because I got a uh, promotion at work and I've started grad school but my schedule sorted itself out a little bit now so I'm playing Morgan Soldier on wants to see the revealed card again so I'll go ahead and put that up oh, Hyranic also asks the Orville or Star Trek Discovery I, I've been enjoying Star Trek Discovery um, ne neither mostly because I'm behind and haven't been able to watch either one but like, I, I'll tell you that I'm more interested in watching Star Trek Discovery just because, like, I watched some trailers for the Orville, and it doesn't look bad, but I just kind of don't care. And yeah. uh, Star Trek Discovery, I always feel like uh, anytime they try to do Star Trek, I think it's worth at least checking out. So I will at least do that and, and give it that level of respect, but I can't make an actual decision as of right now. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Mac Milanov asks Charmer, should Direwolf do all class specific cards? 
be the same power level as uh, his mage sower brahmin hmm it's interesting that he chose like those three as the potential like tap yeah. end i mean certainly sower is strong right it's very powerful you would run it in other other decks if you could um yeah his mage is is good and you would certainly run it in the other ramp decks but i'm not i'm not sure that it's even quite as power it's so funny because like i think his mage is a problem but i don't think that it's as powerful or as sour necessarily yeah. when you consider like going cross you know deck building or whatever um uh, red brahmin is certainly good but like for me, the card that I want to just throw into everything is Iron. I would play Iron in, in every deck I could, whether it was, you know, yeah. mid-range, aggro, control. I think that that I is agree. sneakily one of, if not the best of the class cards. I think Anasi is also incredibly powerful. Um... I th uh, Matt Husick asks or says, uh, I think the non-competitive game content in the Elder Scrolls Legends is really great. Do you think they should, for example, put more solo arena kinds of content or even a legendary title to be achieved? Absolutely. I I have definitely played more solo arena than any other content in the game. Um, even when I was hitting high legend, I still played a ton of solo arena. I think it's a lot of fun. A lot of the deck ideas I have taken onto the ladder were because of experiences I had with cards in solo arena. Um, and I would love to see um, rewards for playing solo arena and solo content. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against more content for all player types, you know, and yeah. more titles, more whatever to chase, like, have at it. Let, let more people enjoy the game so that we can get more people introduced and, like, I'm I'm never going to be against things that caters to certain audiences as long as, you know, as yeah. long as everybody's getting their due and getting a little bit of love, I don't really mind. That reminds me of something that people need to be aware of before the story hits. Assuming that it works the same way Fall of the Dark Brotherhood did. Uh, when you complete a mission for the first time, you can complete achievements uh, in that mission. So this is a good way to cheese some titles like the Immortal. <laughs> yeah. in particular or or even just filling a deck full of orcs and restarting until your starting hand has um gortwog gortwog in it so that you can summon orc after orc after orc from your deck um this is an opportunity to cheese some titles out of the game that are uh, otherwise pretty challenging to get so i would recommend that you try that yeah that's that's great advice um, even more so if it's something you've been putting off uh, yeah. Shades asks, what green-blue monthly reward could bring Assassin decks back to top tier? Hmm. Uh, a competitively costed charge creature with ward. Yeah, except that's not likely and or healthy. I not mean, fun, not fun, healthy, likely. No, no, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah. look. I mean, that would do it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. You, if you had, like... Like a four cost, <laughs> a four cost three two with charge and ward would be broken. Even if it was a four cost two two with charge and ward might even be good enough. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know that's just a really I, bad I, I, Ash I, servant, but 
Yeah, at three two, it would definitely see play. Yeah. At two two, I'm not sure, but there's no. I don't think there's any way to cost that card appropriately. <laughs> yeah, for me, I would say that it just needs. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe just a hair more card draw at around like the four drop range. I think four is kind of like the weak spot right now. If you're playing yeah. like a tempo-based assassin, you want to start with your skulks or ward crafters. Yeah. They've got great three drops. They have great five drops with, you know, yeah. uh, Cliff Racer, Leaf Lurker, Sheer Point at six, right? They have this great tempo lineup, but yeah. four is kind of like the weird spot. So you know, oh. if, you, if you don't have your queen, you know, you're probably running like Murkwater Shaman yeah. or things like that. But if they give you like yeah. a tempo-oriented uh, card at four, I think that that's the sweet spot. Uh Tell me what you think of this, man. I just I just inspired myself with this. <laughs> a four-cost creature, maybe a 3-3, three, three, maybe even a 3-4 if you want to push it. Um, when an enemy creature is shackled, draw a card. Uh, I mean, it would certainly promote a certain archetype, right? Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. It would really make something like uh, Giant Noodle effective right like you could draw so many cards on curve with that hmm maybe yeah i mean like i'm i'm not great at costing cards but i like drawing cards to be honest with you <laughs> so i don't want it to be missed but we were asked why is uh trebuchet the best card in the game hmm Trebuchet is not as bad as it looks. I mean, it is bad. <laughs> but, uh... And I can't honestly think of cards that could be added to the game to make it better. But, I do think that Trebuchet is uh, Are you a, re a reasonable arena pick. It's amazing um, in High Hrothgar, because you get twice the damage. That, that's true. I mean, like, I've killed people with, uh... I've killed people with Trebuchet. Um, but... I don't know. I'm not uh, not high on any way that you could make that card better by adding new cards. <laughs> uh, Shepherd of Ghosts asks, "Do you think that Dwemer neutral decks will be ranked viable after the expansion?" Uh, I think it's too early to tell, personally. Yeah, I would guess uh, they'll be better. <laughs> you know, I want to go back to Trebuchet. Trebuchet is the only card. With yeah. zero attack that yeah. will kill your opponent if left unchecked. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That so is true. It, it, it's got that going for it. Yeah. That is true. Team Defiance. Um, you know, I've thought before... Uh, I've made jokes, actually, numerous times while playing that the only thing that was going to save my opponent would be Winter's Grasp with Prophecy. <laughs> And I don't. I know Winter's Grasp with Prophecy would would be horribly unfun. But I think that like, I think you could cost a Shackle Elaine type card. Potentially with Prophecy and Assassin. I, was I don't know. Gonna what say, what do you think? Like Winter's Grasp shackles everything. So what if you also yeah. had just a five cost Shackle Elaine, but that has Prophecy? I think that that would be playable. I mean, it will definitely be playable. I think that that would be reasonable. As long as it's an assassin card. What if you had a support that said all giant snakes have prophecy? 
<laughs> I don't know about giant snakes. I know that tunnel snakes rule. <laughs> oh, we need snake tribal. We do. It's the only reason Kamigawa is worth my is worth anybody's time. <laughs> you know what would be an interesting uh, assassin card as well. Not that I think it would help. Well, yeah. I mean, it would it would be very tempo oriented. I wouldn't mind seeing something like a 2-2 two, two for 2 that had a pilfer of shackle a creature. Because again, I'm trying to think about those like pilfer effects that provide more yeah. utility. Right? Yeah. God, two, imagine though, coin, like, uh, ringing that out on turn 1 and following it up on turn 2 with another one, right? Like, could you lose to another aggro deck? I think you could. I think that there yeah. are still enough, like, there's enough aggro decks that will run things like Firebolt. There's certainly decks that run like Charge. Yeah, that's um, fair. Silence effects. Maybe it's shackle a creature in the same lane. Uh, maybe yeah. that balances it. But I would like to, again, I, in my head, I just want to see Pilfer yeah. be like utility oriented as well as snowball oriented. Because I think that's the only way that you're going to kind of like revive that mechanic. And uh, that's that's reasonable in my mind for an assassin style card. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I agree. What about a Murkwater who shackles? Yeah, it's called uh, Shackling Harpy or Shrieking Harpy. Um... No, I think he's talking about like a Murkwater Shaman. So it's just like at the beginning of your turn, every turn you shackle oh, a creature. Shackles. Or, or maybe instead it uh, adds a Paralyzed to your hand as opposed to adds a Curse to your hand. I like that. I like that. You know, you've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, the the pilfer triggers that do things besides give plus one, plus one, and stuff like that. Um, I'm getting more and more on board with this. I always thought it was a good idea, but like the more you talk about it, the more I'm eager to see some stuff like that in the future. So the kind of person who could make that happen would be uh, Paul at Direwolf Digital, a.k.a. Maricon. Oh, hey, Maricon, I see you there in chat. Uh, he suggests <laughs> pilfer remove opponent's face paint. Maricon, did you see our commercial? I, I need to know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if he hasn't, I will play it one more time. We got to pay the bills. We do, a, I mean, we do. We do got to get paid. That is a sponsorship <laughs> that uh, yeah. you can expect to see more of. By the way, yes, um, definitely. We'll we'll ha probably have to you know come up with a company name. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, we do have a uh, on a serious note. What do you think is the weakest deck archetype currently? Uh, that's a tough question to answer. There's all sorts of deck archetypes that aren't playable, but like that's because they're not supported. Yeah, I would say, um, creatureless. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Creatureless, definitely not supported. Um, all right, so Maricon has not seen the commercial, and we do need to get paid. So one last time, just because let's it's also paid. it's also a crowd favorite at this point, let's go ahead and yeah, and pay those <laughs> bills. Let's do it. Hi guys, Brenton Mage here, the meme specialist. Now I know if you if you're like me, you've spent a lot of time on the ladder lately, and you've been thinking to yourself, what am I gonna do? about that nasty Parthenax, that Parthenax that gets into everything. You, I mean, you're just out there, and there's the board, and into the field lane Parthenax goes all over the board. 
you probably tried the traditional answers. I know I have. You say to yourself, I'm gonna use some some uh, piercing javelin. That didn't even work. You couldn't even use it. So the next thing you try, you probably think to yourself, well, what about Edict of Azura? That's gotta be a good answer to Parthenon. So you get some Edict of Azura down in there. And then you go to you go to clean things up, and you just get the mess everywhere. It just spreads everywhere. The Parthenax goes everywhere. You can't do anything about it. Solterra comes. Parthenax is back on the battlefield again, and he brings all those super annoying shots with him. Well, fortunately for you, there's a brand new answer. That answer is banish. I highly recommend banish. One spray of banish onto the Parthenax, and you're gonna be able to get that thing right off the battlefield. You take your uh, you take your creatures, you take your banish, and then suddenly it's gone. It's gone. It's Gone. There is no more Parthenax. Parthenax has been eliminated. Take, but don't take my word for it, even though I am the fantastic Breton Mage meme specialist. <laughs> what you really need to do is try it out for yourself. Coming soon to a set near you, Banish. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> There's not a YouTube link yet, Semaphore, but there will be. Justin and I are both going to put it on our channels. Obviously, yeah. when the podcast goes up, it'll be there. And um, <laughs> in case you missed it, we actually made two commercials because yeah. of a fun story that in the future we'll share the other commercial we filmed and probably the story behind it. And yes. I, this one's been so well received that we're probably going to make more. Like, I think that's just a guarantee at this point. Yeah. Maricon, you might appreciate this, actually. Sandra and I walked around downtown Denver in orc makeup filming for this other thing we filmed. Yeah. Like, uh, we were down by the Contemporary Art Museum at the, uh, right by that, um, the purple cylinder thing that's downtown that glows in the dark. And, uh, we walked into this building with a security guard and got kicked out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in in the other one that we filmed. I'm in it. Um, yes, he is. He makes his, his his acting debut. Make my acting debut, and I'm sure that I'll be in some more in in the future. Now that we've figured out that uh, we we can yeah. collab, right? We kind of have a process worked out now, so you can expect a lot more of that. Yeah, I learned what uh, Google Drive is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, you know that like you can just dump things in that folder that I gave you, right? It, it'll it'll auto share with me. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> like. Yeah. Anyway. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. Oh. Yeah, we'll definitely make more commercials, Ron. It might be a regular feature of the show from now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drabberfawn535 writes, Scrib, a one-cost 2-2 two -two last gasp, last grasp, add <laughs> Scrib Jelly to your hand, Scrib Jelly plus 2 health to your creature. That sounds like the best one-drop in the game. I mean, it's a one-cost 2-2, two -two, and yeah. you get to do something else? Like, that's... Yeah. That seems really good. You know what, you know what we should do next week is talk about our predictions for Heroes of Skyrim cards and how right or wrong we were. Yeah. I mean, there's video ev evidence of us uh, talking about some of them anyway, right? So <laughs> There is. I was, I was thinking um, I was thinking that uh, the reason I say that is 
that script card made me think of just how wrong I was about Encumbered Explorer, right? The 2-3 that for one that shackles itself when it attacks. I very prematurely said that that was going to be a really great card. I thought it would see more play than it did for sure. Yeah. But I also I, I think that we just didn't identify how fast the meta was going to get. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're you're very rarely um, getting much value from that thing. Yeah. As long as this topic includes a commercial, I'll be happy. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on Master of Arms no longer being playable? I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Uh, necessarily. So earlier, you know, when we revealed the card and we were talking about it, um, the existence of this card doesn't necessarily mean that you know cards like soul terror cards like master of arms and so forth won't still get value because you have to get this card and play this card at the time that their graveyard has already like had cards added to it that you would want to remove right so uh this card either you know has to now sit in your hand in which case it might not be helping you on curve uh, and you're yeah. waiting to counter, um, or you might not draw this card before they get their combo going. So, like, they could totally play two or three soul tears before you ever even draw it. Uh, same thing with Master yeah. of Arms. Um, the other really interesting thing uh, in my mind as well is that even if, like, I'm, I'm playing Control Mage and I've got this card and I'm playing against, you know, an item sorcerer, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait till they have they have items in the grave and then I'm going to play this card. Um, yeah. It's entirely feasible that that might not just be a scenario that comes up. Maybe the items never make it to the graveyard and I died a, you know, Gardener of Swords because I have, you know, three right. memory wraiths in my hand and I needed piercing javelins, so... Absolutely. Yeah, this, this card creates some tension um, because it, you know, triggers once when you play it. You have to time it right. Like, if you're, if you're truly, your goal is to eliminate Parthenax, you need to do it more than likely on that turn that you destroy Parthenax. Um, and... Its effect is going to be greater in theory, in, in like, its effect on the meta is going to be greater than the number of games it actually affects. <laughs> Just because its existence is going to encourage people to think differently about building decks. And uh, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, what other graveyard, uh, excuse me, discard pile, sorry, my, my old magic roots are showing. Um, yeah, yeah. you know what other you know discard pile interactions may or may not also come out because again right. i think that i think that this card has a good quality median value sometimes it'll be great sometimes it won't um you know on the ladder when it's like a best of one and you don't know what you're queuing into it probably has room for some inclusion but it could get much better depending on the kinds of decks that exist and the other cards that we see and it could get much worse if those decks are no longer popular so this certainly has right. you know that floating value that justin and i were talking about that is going to be really right. interesting to watch over the course of uh, the month of december i agree completely speaking of which uh this this uh, expansion releases last day of november right yeah right so what's ladder gonna be like that day do you do you oh, really yeah, want to point. venture on the last day of a month into uh, the madness, or do you just wait till the first? 
Well, I mean, I think what is what is it going to actually look like? Like, I think that generally the trend is that when new content's added, you go with uh, linear strategies, right? Aggressive, usually linear strategies. I think that that was not the case with Heroes of Skyrim, but I think that there was a lot of hype around um, dragons, and the obvious place for those was in Scout. But I think that uh, the safe bet is usually to play a linear aggressive strategy. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you had great success uh, the day the expansion's released with, like, goblins. That's... I mean, that's an interesting take. Right, because, like, it's more difficult to build a deck full of answers when you don't know what the questions are yet. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I hesitate is because I immediately go back to the fall of the Dark Brotherhood where yeah. that was you know unstoppable rage for like the first week just because yeah. people were still learning about the card and how to play around that card and it spread like wildfire right like every time yeah. somebody died to a 25 health right. you know swing right. somebody else re-queued with that card and it was like the fastest herpes outbreak i'd ever seen and then after right. like a week it drastically toned down like people got the gist of it and they were like okay i know what i'm looking for it's not a surprise anymore i think part of that might have been responsible due as well to uh I, I believe that sorrow of revenge came out like almost the same time yeah. and uh so people were already on the warrior train trying to make that a thing and it fit nicely into that strategy yeah i mean it certainly fit into a lot of decks that were popular at the time and i do think that that helped it was just, it was an interesting, that whole month was like an interesting, you know, kind of case study on how a meta can shift, right? Because first yeah. it was like Sower Hit and it was Orcs for, yeah. I don't know, like five days or whatever it was. And right. then Fall of the Dark Brotherhood hit and like day one or two is kind of a mishmash. But then immediately after that, it was like Unstoppable Rage had spread by that point And it was like that for like a week. And yeah. then it just disappeared, and then it was all Control Monk for, like, almost the rest of the month. And then right. the, the Control Monk variants, like, went more and more and more greedy as the month went on, as everybody tried to, you know, right. have bigger nuclear arms than the, the person they were playing against, so... Right. Exactly. Maricon uh, says that he won a tournament with Encumbered Explorer because the other entry was his mother, who is not very good at card games. I understand. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to play games with my mom that she didn't want to play, and uh, she would let me win. Yeah, I, I developed I developed a huge narcissistic complex actually because I thought I was a genius. As a result, <laughs> my mom would play like card games and stuff with me that were like with traditional playing cards, but yeah. Anything that was like a collectible card game was always way too complex for her to try. My yeah. dad would play chess with me for a bit until I think I was like 10. And then I yeah. got to where I was consistently beating him all the time and he just gave yeah. up. So that was um, like the extent. My, my board game experience with family was really when we'd have like extended family get togethers. And I grew up with a family who's like... 80% Marines once you go to my extended family like all my cousins and uncles and whatever so right. the go-to game of choice for them was always Axis and Allies like old-school Milton Bradley version and yeah. that is like still to this day one of my favorite board games period I absolutely adore it and I've got a lot of good memories playing that with them yeah 
Shunara asks, Shunara asks, what do you think about a 3-4 for 4 that says reduce the card of the cost of a card in your hand by 1? I think that card's playability is dependent entirely on its color or class. And uh, in some colors or classes, it would be reasonable, and in some it would be unplayable. Hmm. I mean, I imagine that would be tied to a summon effect, so then it would just be a question of how many different ways can you abuse the summon effect, and like what, outside of that, like what cards would you want on curve? So if it's a 3 4 for 4, the idea is you're going to play that, and it's like not the it's not a bad creature for four but it's not a great creature for four so like what are you trying to get to at six that really makes it worth your while there you know golden saint could be potentially golden saint or necromancer or yarl something like that could be sheer point um i mean there's there's potential uses there but i'm not sure that it's yeah with the yeah, current card pool. Yeah, no, it's not great. But, I mean, like, whether it sees any play at all, I think, depends on what color it is. Yeah. All right, last call for questions. A Tazcad you found with Thieves Guild Recruit. Yeah, we good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, you still couldn't play it. Tazcad costs nine. <laughs> it goes down to... You, to, you, you to, could with the ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could. You're, that is true. You could with a completed contract you got from your Brotherhood Slayer, you played at three. How good, though, is a discounted Tazcat anyway, though, right? Yeah, like, like is you, it... you've already won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you guys think about monocolor restricted cards? Like, I think that Mechanical Ally is uh, a monocolor restricted card, I assume. At least functionally. I wouldn't want to see a card that you could only play in a deck that was only neutral. Or only strength or only... Yeah. I, I would love to see cards that rewarded you for playing a single color. But more cards like that. But Semaphore Some... wants to know what you use <laughs> on your beard. Um. So I have psoriasis on my scalp and uh, on my legs and stuff. So I just use this uh, tar gel shampoo stuff and I just use that on my beard too. And then I use conditioner and I have a beard comb that I use throughout the day. It's going like, it's you can't tell too much on the camera, but like it's going great significantly, <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> so I've thought about dying it, but I haven't gotten that point yet. Yeah, I keep mine shorter, but that's just because yeah. like, one, my face gets really itchy, and two, I just, I, I like the low maintenance of it keeping short, but the only thing that, like, I put in my beard with consistency is pussy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hadn't had, like, one lewd or inappropriate joke all night, and it felt really bad. That's all right. Maricon writes that you'd have to have a Wisp Mother copy threes reliably. Oh, you could copy threes reliably if you had the three, four, four, four that reduced a card in your hand by one. That is true. Hey, Maricon, Thieves Guild Fence is one of my favorite cards that I've never been able to use very well. I really appreciate the cards like that because I keep putting it in decks <laughs> and I keep building with it and I haven't been rewarded yet, but the design is such that it makes me want to keep playing it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think that it's a very 
interesting card because you think of all the possibilities and you think of the long-term value that it could get you but then you remember yeah. it's three two body laughs at your desired long-term value it you does know? like i almost i almost wish that it was like a one four or something just so that it didn't die as easy but i would definitely play like i, I think it would be a lot better as a one four yeah i mean it, it's definitely one of those cards that i look at with relative frequency and go like all right and how do i make you work and right, i right. can't but i keep thinking it you know yeah um semaphore says that's the point of beard oil yeah i've used beard oil in the past but i find like my hair is like th soft enough that if i uh just use conditioner like uh, it's fine uh, i think he was making fun of me because i say that it gets itchy but again like i just I just keep it short to avoid that, and then I don't have to worry about it, you know? That's fair. Um, don't let people know you like that it exists. You'll get torn apart in here. At Artist X. Wait, what am I missing? Oh, uh, Artist X says that he liked the card that we revealed, so... Yeah. Well, look. I'm, I'm just going to lay down some, some cold, hard facts right now, right? About CVH hating this card. <laughs> No Legends content creator has been worse at judging cards before they're released than CVH. Uh, he's got a long track record of being wrong. So, if you're excited about the card, be excited about it. Even if it turns out to be bad, be excited about it because it's different, new, the art's cool, and you can play it and have fun with it. Don't listen to me, CVH, Charmer, or anyone else to tell you what's good and what's not good, because we don't know what's good. We know what we like. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I know exactly what's good. I stand by my mud crab as OP rant from earlier. Fair enough. <laughs> Let me also go on record as saying I personally hold you accountable for this card being bad now because you said that out loud. You've officially jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, other other than Encumbered Explorer, I have a great track record of naming which cards are good and bad. <laughs> Here, we'll show it off again just because we got some people asking. So, sure. But yeah, I mean, Justin brings up a great point, right? Regardless of, you know, who says what about any card, at this point, one, we haven't seen nearly enough stuff from the new set to make any sort of actual prediction. Um, everything that we're saying right now is, like, in uh, the context of the existing cards that we know about. And two, um, you know, plenty of people have misjudged things in the past, uh, myself included. Um, like, play, play things, test them. Like, that's... That's how, you know, new and exciting and unique decks come about. And also, that's just part of the fun of card games, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, Nebelheim, perfect example. I remember when streamers said House Carl is unplayable. I yep. My YouTube video specifically is me saying, don't sleep on it. It is not a worse Ayla's Huntmate. Because that was the large scale consensus not everybody was there right but a lot of people were saying that um yeah. Ayla's Huntmate was strictly better because it was not a class card right, right. you could go into any strength deck and it had better stats once you did the beast form trigger and i was like eh, pump your brakes kid right um yeah and let's be clear it was the same people who say that everything's bad and then they're wrong <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the, the, the truth is, is that they, different people have different skills when it comes to the game, right? Like some people go out there and spend a lot of time losing so that, because they, they really, they really want to innovate and they want to play something different. You know, that's important to them. And that's one of the things that they get out of the card game experience. Um, those are not all the time, maybe not even frequently, the same people who are really good at playing the game, um, who pick up other people's decks. You know, like you, you could hand Charmer and I, like Charmer and I both love building new decks, but you could hand both of us the same deck and Charmer would win more than I would because he's a better player than I am. But I have probably, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I've probably taken more ridiculous ideas onto the ladder just to find out if they work. Uh, I would say yes, but I, I would also say you might be shocked at how much I have taken on casual off stream and not on videos and just bombed horrible. In fact, I was just thinking that the other day, like, you know, it, it's a good thing that I am not as recognizable as like you or CVH or whatever, because as many times as I have put utter shite on like casual, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't like posted about it or hit me up on Twitter and been like, dude, what even was that? Like, yeah, did yeah. You, you know, so I hear you. Yeah. And I didn't mean any, throw any shade your way. Like, no, 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 I no. It was a shade. I, I'm just saying that I hide mine with shame. I I actually <laughs> am envious of your ability to just say, like, yeah, I did this. Um, you know, it, it took me a long time to uh, start putting those kinds of videos, you know, up on my YouTube channel because oh, yeah. I was, like, like petrified. And, and, like, now I don't care. But I, I've put right. a lot of really utter crap on casual hey thanks for joining us americana i appreciate it and uh this expansion looks great so far and i'm really excited to see more of it yeah as always thanks paul you're always welcome here both in chat and on the cast wink wink nudge nudge yep that was a good show yeah, this is a great show. I do want to point out one last thing that I saw. It wasn't necessarily a question, but Slowdra said uh, the card doesn't even need to actually see play to have an impact on the la uh, ladder. And I really also like that about this card. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that 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 is certainly true. Whether whether the card itself is good or not, the existence of the card I think will definitely impact things at least in the short term after the expansion launches. Yeah, you know, this is a theme we touch on a lot in the show, which is that the perception of reality is uh, a lot more important than the actual reality of it. <laughs> in this case, this card's existence will change things, whether or not you ever lose to it. Yeah, also, somebody else in chat had said that they can't wait for the premium art, and I couldn't agree more. I think this card's going to be gorgeous. I agree. So we got some pretty exciting stuff planned for the future of the podcast. Yeah, we do. We definitely yeah. do. Um, so you guys will <laughs> want to make sure that you stay tuned for future episodes, future announcements, yeah. all sorts of fun stuff. Next week's episode should be on its regular Friday schedule. I uh, I have I have classes every other Friday um, from 4 to 10 Friday night and from 8 to 5 uh, Saturday and from 8 to 3 on Sundays uh, for grad school because I am an idiot and decided to enroll in grad school while working full time. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who has uh, done that, right? I did yeah. all my grad yeah. school while working full time. I can tell yeah. you 
yeah, you're an idiot. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that shade, Justin. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to catch up, man. Like, I, you've accomplished a lot more in your life than I have. <laughs> no, I, no not, not even a little bit. I, I, all I did was, like, not die. And that's about it. It's, it's one of my greatest accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, uh, everybody, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was fun. I look forward to what we can do in the future. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget that the Heroes of Skyrim only gauntlet is this weekend. Should start tomorrow, Saturday morning. And um, my only advice for that would be either play East Empire Crafter and uh, Skeletal Dragon or play Arrest. Or, and just hear me out, gang, or you could go play the ladder and grind while everybody else playing East Empire Crafter and Skeletal Dragon are doing the event because the people who play that deck are spikes anyway and you'll be dodging them on the ladder so you might be able to go up a rank or two uh, with a lot less headache that's a really good strategy actually (laughs) just just play the game whether it's the gauntlet or the ladder just play yeah play solo arena man alright all right. Any... See y'all. <laughs> you know, every week we end this with laughter, right? <laughs> we do. We're stupid. Yeah, it's because I think we, we awkwardly don't know when to end ever. No, I know. So... <laughs> Yet again, we failed at having a 50-minute episode. Yeah, these are supposed to be an hour, gang. We're like two hours, uh, two and a half hours deep, whatever. No big deal. Yeah. All right. See y'all on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs>